Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, so we're going to look at Jeremiah. Now, um, uh, let's see, let me give you, not, not, not too much of a recap here, but like we normally do sometimes, but uh, um, let me close this part down here. We can take a look. Um, of course, here we go. We've got there, of course, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Okay, but when you get down here to these kings, first and second kings, and then Chronicles, these guys are... Uh, they uh, they repeat. One of them may have a little bit more details or less details than the other, but it's it's you can see it's there for a reason. These were the kings of Israel. Okay, some were good, some were bad. <clears throat> and you also hear the term kings, the king of Judah, and actually the king of Judah was actually the ones that were the descendants of David. And uh, but anyway, it's because the kingdom was split up. But anyway, we're going to get down here to a group here toward the end. It's right near the end. And why do you say the end? Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he was, shall we call him the bad guy or whatever. Really, the king of Babylon was going to take Israel as slaves and wipe them all out. It was going to, they were going to have to go back to, uh, they were going to be taken as slaves. That was, that was during the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, of course, Daniel was alive during that time frame. They were all taken as slaves. But right before that happened, oh, uh, there was a prophet, here he is right here, Jeremiah. There was also one called Isaiah, which was right before this one. And notice his book is right before that one. So it's kind of neat how they place them. So Jeremiah was at the latter part of these kings. And we're going to pick up. Jeremiah was trying to tell these kings to straighten up. Was trying to warn the people too, but it was really useless. It was useless. So we're going to start in the 15th chapter of Jeremiah. But I want to preface this a little bit so you'll see what to watch for. Um, the people were worshiping the sun gods from Egypt. They were worshiping a thing called Kamesh, which the Ammonites and the Moabites, I think, were worshiping. It was just, they were worshiping cow, calf, idols, all kind of terrible things, throwing their kids to the fire and other things. It was just horrible what was going on. And that was the problem. I mean, we still make mistakes and what and whatnot, but the thing that really wiped out Israel was their worship of idols. I mean, you've got to remember, what was an idol? Well, I don't want you, Jesus. I want this other God. Well, that's dangerous. Well, Jesus died for your sins. Well, I mean, that's just old fogey. You know, it's not old fogey. He did die for your sins. That's the reason it's important to keep reading your Bible because we hear so much today about alternative religions and whatever. And the whole Bible, you can see, is based on what uh, one nation basically did when the Lord was trying to uh, help them out. So here we go. I know it says Nehemiah here. And the story about Nehemiah was after they were taken captive uh, <clears throat> under uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And then the Persian government took over. And that's where Nehemiah shows up here uh, under Cyrus the Great. But anyway, let's, here we go. Let's go to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is a prophet, and he starts out in chapter 1 saying, I'm just a little guy. I'm, I'm just a young person. What good am I going to do? You know, and, and God says, just be my voice. Just be my voice. I want you to tell the people what I want, you, want said. I want you to tell the kings. He was telling two kings at the time. Okay, so here we are. And I want to go to chapter 15. So um, for, um, from chapter 15 on, let's see, I'm in Jeremiah. Here we go. Oh, uh, you're going to notice um, it's it, the Lord's telling Jeremiah, and, and a lot of people will get this. When you read Jeremiah, you go, oh gosh, that's just bad news. Well, if you don't understand what was going on, 
And all of a sudden you start thinking, well, Jeremiah must be talking about me because I'm such a crooked Christian. No, 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 no. Think of you as being Jeremiah. Okay. You're Jeremiah. All right. Of course, as you read, if you read something that you're doing that's like what Jeremiah was talking about, you can make a change, obviously. But anyway, here we go. So here's what happens. Then the Lord told me and said, even if Samuel or Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, even then I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. Now, this is the Lord. Oh, my gosh. What'd they do? Well, again, you got to realize they deserted me. For if they say to you, but where can we go? Tell them the Lord says, those who are destined for death to death, those who must die by the sword to the sword, those doomed to starvation, famine, and for captivity, uh, for captivity, I will appoint over them four kind of destroyers. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Well, let's hold up a second. Remember, we're not in this category. So what is this telling us today? The Lord has not appointed us to this. I mean, sometimes we can feel like, you know, well, I guess, you know, well, this is my cross to bear and the trouble I'm having, I guess God's appointed four destroyers for me. No, he hasn't. When you read this part right here, you need to think I'm Jeremiah. Okay, you are. So anyway, he says, I will appoint four destroyers over them, the sword to kill, the dogs to tear, the vultures, wild animals to finish up what's left. Remember that story about the coyote I was telling you about? The Lord's going to protect you. It's so amazing to read the Bible and realize that, you know, God says something about animals. You can go over to somebody's house, open a door, and all of a sudden be... A dog in there that you don't like. And I'm telling you what, the Lord will keep you safe. He will. Praise the Lord. Okay. But anyway, but because, oh, now we're starting to get somewhere. Because of the wicked things Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. Hezekiah was a good guy. Yeah, but Manasseh. Now, if you remember the story about Manasseh, he started out horrible, but he repented later. He was taking his kids and putting them in the fire. To worship this God called Baal, B-A-A-L. Anyway, so he goes on and says, I will punish you so severely that your fate will horrify the peoples of the world. See, these people were still involved in this kind of stuff. Who will feel sorry for you, Jerusalem? Who will you weep for? Who will even your brother ask you how you are? For you have forsaken me and turned your backs upon me. Therefore, I will clench my fist against you to destroy you. I am tired of always giving you another chance. I'll sift you... At the gates of your cities and take away all that you have that you hold dear, and I will destroy my own people because they refuse to turn their uh, backs. No, excuse me, they will, because they refuse to turn back to me from all their evil ways. There will be countless widows at noontime. So do you see how this is getting? This is getting. Oh God, this is worse. It's getting worse. Well, Jeremiah has been doing this ever since chapter one. There's not been any good news. Now look what he starts to say. It's starting to get to Jeremiah. What sadness is mine? My mother, oh, that I had died at birth. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I thought God made you. Yeah, but Jeremiah's like, I wish I had just died at birth. Now he's starting to whine a little bit. <laughs> he's going, oh, no. you know. So look what he says. I'm hated everywhere I go. Now, this is why you can, uh, these are little things that should tell you why you should believe the Bible. This is stuff the editors should have taken out. Well, you lost your cool on that one. Don't tell anybody this story. But Jeremiah does. So look what he says. He says, I'm hated by every, everywhere I go. I'm not even a creditor. Hey, you owe me that money. Well, they hate you because you, I mean, you borrowed the money and you got to pay it back and they're always mad at the bank. It's not the bank's fault. Neither are soon to foreclose on a debt refusing to pay. Yet all curse me. Well, let them curse me. Lord, you know how I have pled with you on their behalf and I have begged you to spare these enemies of mine. I mean, so he's kind of, 
you know, Lord, I'm getting tired of this, you know. But then notice this. He says, can a man break bars of the nor- of northern iron or brass? This people's stubborn will can't be broken either. So because of all your sins against me, I'll deliver your wealth. This is the Lord talking. And your treasures and loot to the enemy. I will have your enemies take you as slaves to a land you've never been before. Oh, for my anger burns like fire and it'll concern you. Jeremiah replied, you know, it's for your sake that I'm suffering. They're persecuting me because I have proclaimed your word to them. In other words, can you not pick somebody else? <laughs> I'm getting wore out with this. Notice this. He says, your words are what sustain me. They're food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight me. How proud I am to bear your name, O Lord. I have... Um, he says, I have not joined the people in their merry feast. So he's kind of going, he goes kind of back and forth a little bit. But notice, he's getting to a point here he wants to tell the Lord. He says, but I'm sitting alone beneath the hand of God. I burst with indignation at their sins. Yet you have failed me in your time of need. Boy, this is such a great story about Jeremiah. He's going, you know, Lord, everybody hates me. And you fail me when I need you. Well, wait a minute now. Let's see what God's response is. You have let them keep right on with all their persecutions. Will they never stop hurting me? Truth is, they will. And it's such a fantastic f- finish here. Wonderful. Your help is as uncertain as a mountain brook, sometimes a flood, sometimes as dry as a bone. In other words, I can't count on you. And he's telling the Lord this. Now look at the Lord's response. The Lord replied, stop this foolishness and talk some sense. Only if you return to trusting me will I let you continue to be my spokesman. Now, wait a minute. Jeremiah could have said like some of our friends today, you know, I'm a Christian. Don't you think I believe in God? Jeremiah's a Christian, you know. Don't you think he believes in God? He does, but he doesn't believe in what? You have failed me. These people hate me and they're persecuting me. And I've had it about up to here. All I can do is tell these people... all. I, I got to keep telling him all this bad news. And you're not helping me. But the Lord says, you're not trusting me. Well, what was he needing trust for? Help in time of need. So let's see what happens. Only if you return to trust in me will I continue to let you be my spokesman. You are to influence them, not let them influence you. They will fight against you like a besieging army against a high city wall, but they will not conquer you. See, there's where our trouble is. You've got to walk through a bunch of snakes and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get bit by the time I get to the other end. Well, wait a minute. The Lord's your shield. He'll keep you safe. (laughs) You don't really believe that, do you, Richard? Yeah. This is what the Lord was telling Jeremiah. I need you to tell these people that there's bad stuff coming because we're trying to stop it from happening. You're not going to get hurt. Watch what happens. They're not going to conquer you, for I am with you to protect you and deliver you, says the Lord. Yes, I will certainly deliver you from these wicked men and rescue you from their ruthless hands. Now remember, if this is just for Jeremiah, you and I didn't need to hear. We didn't need nobody. But wait a minute. We're certainly not these evil people that throw their kids to the fire. We love the Lord. We've not deserted the Lord. We've made some mistakes, but not like what these folks are doing. And when you understand this whole nation... Had another God besides Jesus, you can understand why the Lord was so against it. So, we're going to skip ahead because chapter 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 is more just bad news Jeremiah has to tell these people. Well, finally, look what happened. Now, when Pasher, son of Emer, the priest in charge of the temple, heard what Jeremiah was saying, 
he arrested him. I've had enough, the priest said. Now remember who? The priest! The priest should have known, but he wanted Jeremiah to shut up. Okay. He had him whipped and put in the stocks at the Benjamin Gate near the temple. He left him there all night. We'll see what I tell you. Jeremiah was right. No, wait a minute. Watch what happens. The next day, all night, this is the next day. Guess what? I'll tell you ahead of time. He got out. Looks to me like the Lord's working, isn't it? He's keeping you safe. So finally, he released him. Jeremiah said, Pastor, the Lord's changed, to, it changed your name. Now you're going to be called the man who lives in terror. So now Jeremiah is saying, guess what? You and your family, y'all are toast. Not because of what you did to me, but because you're head of the temple and you're worshiping other gods. You're telling everybody everything's going to be okay. And the whole time Nebuchadnezzar is on his way, about 45 minutes, Jerusalem's going down. You know, that's basically what he was saying. For the Lord's going to send terror on you, all your friends. You're going to see them die by the sword of their enemies. I'll hand you over I'll hand over Judah to the king of Babylon, says the Lord. He'll take away these people as slaves to Babylon and kill them. I'll let your enemies loot Jerusalem. And so he goes on and on and on and on this. Now, look at verse 7. Oh, Lord, you deceived me when you promised me your help. Now, uh-oh, Jeremiah's stepping into it again. I give them your messages because you are stronger than I am. But now I am the laughingstock of the city, mocked by all. You have never once let me speak a word of kindness to them. Well, can you blame God? There was nothing he could say kind about Israel because they were falling off a cliff. Always, always it's a disaster, horror and destruction. No wonder they scoff and mock at me and make my name a household joke. I can't quit. For if I say I'll never mention the Lord, uh, never more speak in his name, then his word in my heart is like a fire that burns within my bones. So in other words, we realize James, I mean, excuse me, Jeremiah has got, he's saying, I got to keep doing this. But watch what happens. <clears throat> so he says, but on every side, I hear whispers of threats and I'm afraid. We'll report it, they say. Even those who were my friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and we'll get our revenge on him. Let me tell you something. The Lord already promised Jeremiah, I'm going to rescue. And guess what? He does over and over again. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Now Jeremiah is going, all right, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Okay. <clears throat> the great terrible one, they shall stumble. They cannot defeat me. They shall be ashamed and thoroughly humiliated. And they shall have a stigma upon them forever. O Lord God Almighty, who knows those are righteous and examines you. He says, therefore, I will sing out in thanks to you, to the Lord. Praise him, for he has delivered me poor and needy from my oppressors. Now notice, it's not like, oh, it's been great for about a month. No, this was during the time of disaster. But the Lord had got him out. Anyway, look at this. Oh, Jeremiah, he's, this is I like our thought life. Huh, I don't know. So look what he says. Yet cursed be the day I was born. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news that uh, a son was born. Can you imagine Jesus up there going, no, I got to talk to him some more. Yeah. And of course, that's what the Lord's doing. Let that messenger be destroyed like the cities of old, which God overthrew without mercy. Terrify him all day long with battle shouts. What? Yeah, he's talking about his mom and daddy for having me. I mean, my life is ruined. Oh, no, it's not. Watch this. So here we're going to Cadillac along to look at this. Look what happens in the next chapter. Chapter 21. Then King Zedekiah, he sent that guy that just had him put in the stocks and had him beat. 
Zedekiah went and got him and Zephaniah the priest. And what they do? They came to Jeremiah, and I was saying the other day, I was telling uh, uh, Myrna and Bob before I left this story. But anyway, Jeremiah looks out the window and goes, oh no, here we go again. What's going to happen? But watch what happens, because nothing happens. I mean, this time, the king has come after him. But look what they say. They said, ask the Lord to help us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has declared war on us. Perhaps the Lord will be gracious to us and do a mighty miracle as in olden times and uh, force Nebuchadnezzar to withdraw his forces. He's not going to be beat up this time. They're asking for his help. Well, of course, guess what Jeremiah has to tell them? Sorry, but the Lord ain't going to help you. So uh, anyway, go back and tell King Zedekiah, tell him the Lord God of Israel says, I will make all your weapons as useless. In other words, it's, it ain't going to work. Let me speed ahead a little bit. Actually, uh, Jeremiah says, y'all need to, if you, if you guys will just, if, you, if y'all just forfeit uh, <clears throat> and give your, uh, just give yourselves up, you'll survive. But they, they don't want to do that. Now, I'm going to skip ahead. There's a lot more prophecy here. He's just telling them, you guys are in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. But it picks up here um, with, um, <clears throat> with some more stories here, with what's going on. In the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, son of Joash, the Lord gave these messages to Jeremiah. Get a, stro- get a scroll and write down all these messages against Israel and Judah. Remember, that was two parts to the land of Israel. Okay. And the other nations. Begin uh, with this first message in, uh, back in the days of Josiah. Write down every one of them. So he writes down all these things. Uh, Jeremiah sent for Baruch, the son of Neriah, uh, and Jeremiah dictated. Baruch wrote down the prophecies. When all was finished, now I want to tell you this, Jeremiah at this point, he was, uh, Jeremiah was in prison. It was in, in the palace right there, whatever, but he was stuck in prison. <clears throat> so this guy Baruch wrote all this stuff down. And then Jeremiah said, okay, go take this and, and read it to so-and-so. So when I was finished, Jeremiah said to B, we'll call him, since I am a prisoner here, you read the scroll in the temple on the next day of fasting. For on that day, people will be there from all over Judah. Actually, excuse me, at this point, Jeremiah was not in prison. He was not in prison. Okay. Perhaps they will turn from their evil ways and ask the Lord to forgive them before it's too late, even though these curses of God have been pronounced upon them. Okay, so Barak did as Jeremiah told him and read all these messages to the people of the temple. As this occurred on the day of fasting held in December in the fifth year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, The people came from all over Judah to attend the services of the temple. Anyway, this guy got up there and he began to read this. All right, let's see what happens. Okay, when Mike heard the messages from God, he went down to the palace to the conference room where the administrative officials were meeting. This Elishama guy, the scribe, was there as well as some other folks. Okay, when Micah told them the messages that Barak was reading to the people, the officials... They sent this guy down there to come read these messages too. And so anyway, this guy went and read them to him. By the time he finished, they were badly frightened. We must tell the king. Well, anyway, when they go, I want you to get this part down here. They, uh, oh, they got down here and he, well, just read it. He dictated to them word by word uh, and he had written them down in ink upon this scroll. You and Jer- Jeremiah both hide, the officials said to Barak. Okay, or Baruch, whatever. Don't tell a soul where you are. Then the officials hid the scroll in the room uh, uh, of Elisha, the scribe, and went to tell the king. Now, 
uh, the king sent for Jehudai to get the scroll. Jehudai brought it from this guy and read it before the officials. Anyway, this was during, during the winter time, and the king is in front of a fire warming himself. All right. So anyway, the king was in a winterized part of the palace at the time, sitting in front of a fireplace. For this was December and cold. Anyway, whenever this J guy finished reading the three or four uh, uh, columns, the king would take his knife and cut off a section of that scroll, and he just pitched it in the fire. Well, that king was real smart, wasn't he? Elisha wrote this down, but this king took a knife and cut off a section and threw it in the fire. Wow. They pled with the king, don't burn the scroll. But he wouldn't listen. Not another of the king's officials showed any signs of fear or anger at what he had done. Then the king commanded this guy of the royal family and this other guy, go and arrest Jeremiah and this Baruch fellow. Go arrest him. But the Lord hit him. Hallelujah. He'll protect you. Anyway, after the king had burned the scroll, the Lord said to Jeremiah, let's do it again. So they actually wrote another one. <clears throat> and uh, let's pick up in 37. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Okay, he didn't appoint uh, uh, this, king, this other king's son to be the new king. Instead, he chose Zedekiah. All right. But neither Zedekiah nor his officials uh, nor the people who were left in the land were... were Listen to what the Lord had said to Jeremiah. Nevertheless, Zedekiah sent um, these two guys to ask Jeremiah to pray for them. Now, when the army of Pharaoh, Hophra of Egypt, now this is interesting. This guy's a real guy. These historical events really happened. He gets wiped out by Nebuchadnezzar as well. But anyway, they approached the southern border, and anyway, uh, let's see, uh, I want to skip some of this. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, wound up beating them back. Uh, let's get down here to some more details. Oh. Okay, when the Babylonian army set out from Jerusalem to engage Pharaoh's army, in other words, they left Israel, decided to go fight the Egyptians. Jeremiah started to leave the city, and he wanted to go down to the land of Benjamin to see the property he had bought. <clears throat> but when he was walking through the Benjamin gate, a sentry arrested him. Oh, brother, here we go again. Now he's arrested. I mean, Jeremiah, he had to hide from the king, and now he's been arrested again. Oh, brother. Anyway, this guy said, oh, he's a traitor. He's defecting to the Babylonians. And the guard making the arrest was uh, Arijah, the son of Shemaiah, grandson of Hananiah. Hananiah was not a good guy. Anyway, that's not true, Jeremiah said. I have no intention whatsoever of doing any such thing. But this guy wouldn't listen. He took Jeremiah before the city officials. They were incensed with Jeremiah and had him flogged and put in the dungeon under the house of Jonathan the scribe. Now, let's just see if the Lord takes care of him because we have the details. You know, I mean, it's like, Lord, my life's just getting worse and worse. You ever going to help me? Well, he is. Jeremiah was kept there for several days, but eventually King Zedekiah sent for him to come to the palace secretly. This is a secret. The king asked him if there was any recent news from the Lord. <laughs> Look what Jeremiah says. Yeah, you're doomed. <laughs> it never changed. But Zedekiah was like, hey, got any other news? You're toast. You're going to be defeated by Babylon. Then Jeremiah broached the subject of his imprisonment. In other words, th listen to this. Jeremiah's like, why do you have me in jail? It's not my fault. I'm just telling you what God says. I can tell that Jeremiah here has about had enough, but he's, he's watching the Lord take care of him. He says, what have I ever done to deserve this? He asked the king, what crime have I committed? Tell me what I've done against you or your officials or the people. 
Where are all the prophets who told you the king of Babylon would not come? I mean, Jeremiah's already going, look, all your guys said, oh, you're going to be fine. Everything's wonderful. He said, hadn't I been right? And he said, listen, oh Lord, the king, I beg you, don't send me back to that dungeon for I'm going to die there. What do you think the king does? He says, okay. Then King Zedekiah commanded that Jeremiah not be returned to the dungeon, but be placed in the palace prison instead. Praise God. Wonder if God loves you. Yes, he does. Anyway, he was given a small loaf of fresh bread every day as long as there was any left in the city. Now remember, at this point, the city was getting slim pickings. Eventually, they're going to start eating each other. That's how bad it was. Okay, Lord's taking care of old Jeremiah. Why do we have the details? Anyway, but when Shepheth, the son of, anyway, a couple of guys, and then the son of Pasher, that's that, that man, they, they were still mad. This is all about killing Jeremiah. Anyway, but they were, they were hearing what Jeremiah had been telling the people that everyone remaining in Jerusalem would die by the sword, starvation or disease, but anyone surrendering to the Babylonians would live. I mean, I'll tell you what, God's merciful. God had, through Jeremiah, God was telling them to surrender to the Babylonians and you're going to be okay. They wouldn't do it. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few soldiers we have left. And all these people too. This man's a traitor. Well, now the real traitor is Zedekiah again. He's going to say almost like Pilate did. I have nothing to do with this. Crucify him. Oh, no. Well, what's going to happen to Jeremiah? They took Jeremiah from his cell, lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern. Boy, these guys wanted to kill him. That's a sewer thing if you didn't know, okay? In the prison yard. It belonged to Micaiah, the member of the royal family. There was no water in it, but there was a thick layer of mire at the bottom. Gross. Jeremiah sank into it. Now think about yourself being Jeremiah. Think about whether or not God really is God. Your nation is being attacked by Nebuchadnezzar. Do you really think Nebuchadnezzar is going to let you live? Truth is, you're going to be shocked at what Nebuchadnezzar does to Jeremiah. But here you are before the war breaks out, the nuclear bombs going off everywhere, whatever it is, and you think it's impossible for the Lord to save you. Oh, please. Oh, please. He will save you. Jeremiah's in this sewer. He's stuck in it. But look. Remember, he's already getting fed three meals a day, whatever. So anyway, all right, do with him as you want. I can't stop you. Then Jeremiah, they took Jeremiah from his cell, lowered him by ropes in an empty cistern. Okay, notice we have the details. It was in the back corner of the whatever. Uh, see, this stuff happened. Okay, he sank in it. Then when, we'll just call him Oeb. Oeb, the Ethiopian, I mean, he was a black guy, wasn't he? Wow. An important palace official. Let me tell you something. You always have friends in your corner. Even if we just think about angels. But you've got friends in your corner. You do because of the Lord. Heard that Jeremiah was in the cistern. He rushed out. Praise God. Do you think God's trying to help you all the time? Yes, he is. He rushed out to the gate of Benjamin where the king was holding court. My Lord, the king, he said, these men have done a very evil thing, putting Jeremiah into the cistern. He will die of hunger for almost all the bread of the city is gone. Then the king commanded old Eb, what? To take 30 men with him and pull Jeremiah out. Praise God. Well, anyway, they found some old rags, almost like you see the Three Stooges before, or people getting out of a room. They put some old rags. 
And oh, look at this. This is great. They found some old rags, discarded garments, which they took to the cistern, lowered to Jeremiah on a rope. Oh, Eb called down to Jeremiah, put these rags. Now, please, why do we want these details? God doesn't want your armpits to be hurt. I, I tell you, we have so closed our ears sometimes when we get hurt. We think God doesn't care about our finger, our toe, our back, or whatever. Praise the Lord. What was the purpose of this? He said, uh, use these rags under your armpits to protect you from the ropes. I mean, life's already horrible enough as it is. God wants to make it easy for you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadows, I'll fear no evil. And then what does he say? Oh, oh, Lord, you're my shepherd. I shall not owe you. Make me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the still waters. He had an elevator? Praise the Lord. So anyway... Uh, then Jeremiah was ready. They pulled him out and returned him to the palace prison where he remained. One day, Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah to meet him by the side entrance of the temple. I want to ask you something. This was a secret meeting. Jeremiah said, if I tell you the truth, you'll kill me. <laughs> and anyway, and you won't listen to me anyway. The king swore before the almighty God, his creator, he would not kill him or give him to the men who were after his life. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says, now i tell you what, this, this king, we all have mercy. Watch this. If you will surrender to Babylon, you and your family will live. And the city will not be burned. If you refuse to surrender, oh, this city will be set on fire, the Babylonians, and you'll not escape. I'm afraid to surrender, the king said. Ah, that's where the problem was. For if the Babylonians, for the Babylonians will hand me over to the Jews who have defected to them, and who knows what they'll do to me. Wait a minute. Jeremiah said you're going to be all right. But he was afraid he was not going to be all right. We're not going to have enough time here. But 2 Kings, the last chapter, tells us that Zedekiah did not do what the Lord wanted him to do, which was surrender, and he'd been all right. Zedekiah held his ground because he was afraid of the people. And I'm afraid they're going to kill me anyway. So he tried to sneak out. Nebuchadnezzar caught him. Took him all the way back to Babylon. This is in this. You'll see this here, but we're not going to read it. We don't have time. Nebuchadnezzar made King Zedekiah watch as all his sons were killed. And then, then Nebuchadnezzar pulled, I mean, whatever, blinded, blinded Zedekiah, took his eyes out. What a contrast to this right here. The Lord God Almighty says, if you'll surrender, you and your family will live. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Anyway, you can read that for yourself, but I just told you what's going to happen. But anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, so Jeremiah said, if you won't get into their hands, uh, let's see, excuse me. Yeah, Jeremiah replied, you won't get into their hands if only you will obey the Lord. Your life will be spared and all will go well with you. I mean, boy, Jeremiah, actually Jesus, Jesus is pleading with Jeremiah to just trust me. I mean, yeah, not Jeremiah, to King Zedekiah. Watch what happens here. But if you refuse to surrender, the Lord says, all that all that the all the women left in your palace will be brought out and given to the officers of the Babylonian army. Boy, that's horrendous! And these women will taunt you with bitterness. Fine friends you have, they'll say. These those Egyptians, they have betrayed you and left you to your fate. All your wives and children will be led out to the Babylonians, and you will not escape. You will be seized by the king of Babylon. Anyway, the place is going to be burned. Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, on pain of death, don't tell anyone you told me this. 
He said, and if my officials hear that I talk to you, they will threaten you with death unless you tell them what we discussed. Just say you begged me not to send you back to that dungeon in Jonathan's house for you would die there. Now watch this. Sure enough, that's what happened. The officials said, hey, what did that king tell you? And Jeremiah said, oh, it was nothing. So sure enough, it wasn't long before the city officials came to Jeremiah, asked him why the king had called for him. So he said what the king had told. So he said what the king had told him to. In other words, oh no, it was uh, something else. Whatever. Anyway, they left without finding out any more truth. Okay. Last little piece here. Look what happens. It was in January, the ninth year of King Zedekiah, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his army came against Jerusalem again and besieged it. Two years later, in the month of July. They breached the wall, and the officers of the Babylonian army came in, and they sat triumphant at the middle gate. Now, where's Jeremiah? Well, this is going to all be about Jeremiah. He's actually in prison, and they're going to get him out. When Zedekiah and his soldiers realized their city was lost, yeah, here's that story, they fled. They went out through the gate. They thought they were going to get away. The Babylonian king chased him down. They caught him. And like I say here, they killed his children, all the nobles of Judah, and then they gouged out his eyes. Horrible. Horrible. But God said it wouldn't have happened if he had just given up. Verse 9. Meanwhile, the armies burned Jerusalem. They tore down the palaces. Then look at this. This guy named Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the guard, and his men sent, their, sent his men and the remnant of the population and all those who had defected him to Babylon. But throughout the land of Judah, he left a few people very poor and gave them fields and vineyards. Meanwhile, King Neb told this guy, hey, find Jeremiah. Hello? See that? No, I can't believe that. That's what it says. See that he isn't hurt. Yeah, but I'm not Jeremiah. What's the difference between you and Jeremiah? Jeremiah had already had it out with the Lord a couple times. (laughs) He was like, you don't ever do anything good for me. Now, Jeremiah at this time is already realizing, I keep getting out of trouble. In a minute, he's going to be given an American Express card. What? Oh, yeah. And we'll close. Watch this. Meanwhile, King Nebuchadnezzar, we know who he is, he told one of his chief generals, hey, find Jeremiah. See, he isn't hurt. Look after him well and give him anything he wants. Well, brother. So Nebuchadnezzar, and whatever, we'll call him Neb. Old Neb, the captain of the guard, and another guy, chief of the eunuchs, and this other guy, Nergal Jerezah, the king's advisor, and all the officials, took steps to do as the king commanded. They sent soldiers to bring Jeremiah out of prison and put him in care of, this is the new governor, the new governor. The Lord also gave several messages to these, okay, oh, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, while he was still in prison, the Lord, through Jeremiah, he sent a word to the guy, the guy that saved Jeremiah's life. Look what happened here. He says, the Lord God of Israel says, I will do this city, everything I threatened, I will destroy it before your eyes, but I will deliver you. You shall not be killed by those who fear you so much. As a reward for trusting me, I will preserve your life and keep you safe. Now, why does Richard Adair have those details? Why does Gavin have those details? Grace. Joy, all of us in here, you know, that's because it belongs to us. Belongs to us. Now I'm going to stop here, but look at this. Here's that guy. He found, he took Jeremiah along with all the exiled people and they were on their way to Babylon. But look at this. He released him 
The captain called for Jeremiah, said, The Lord your God's brought disaster on this land, just as he said, for they have sinned against the Lord. That's why it happened. Now, I'm going to take your chains off, look at this, and let you go. If you want to come to Babylon, fine. I will see you're cared for. But if you don't want to come, the world is before you. Go where you like. If you decide to stay with Gedaliel, he's the, there he is, the appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay with the remnant he rules, but it's up to you. Go where you like. Look at this. Here's his American Express card. Then Nebuchadnezzar gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. Why do we have the details? Belongs to us. It belongs to us. The Lord will take care of you and I. He took care of Jeremiah when Jeremiah thought... I'm going to be left in this prison alone. I'm just going to rot. And all of a sudden, the things that he'd been saying about the nation of Israel, which he knew were true, but God had said some things about him saying, I'm not going to leave you. You're going to be fine. I'm going to rescue you. You just trust me. Gave him pads for under his arm to get out of that horrible cistern. Even when Jeremiah said to the king, don't put me back in that dungeon. I'm going to die if you do that. And the king says, oh, okay. Why don't you stay over here in this other prison? We'll make sure you got the same food I got. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of us. Praise God. Financially, you'll take care of us. And if it's any other problem, I mean, what else could have been worse than all the things that Jeremiah faced all the time? And you got him out of trouble. And you promised that other fellow, that Ethiopian, because he trusted you, you'd help him too. Well, then you'll help us. Well, I didn't leave anything left but for us to write down things like Jeremiah did and tell other people about how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.